Alrighty guys, we are back after a small hiatus uh, with uh, episode number 35 of the Out and Back podcast with Mark and Craig. Um, I am one of your hosts. Uh, my name is Craig Siegel, owner of Runners High in Freehold, New Jersey. And with me as always is my co-host and wingman. I guess we can really kind of say that term, but not, not really since we're kind of both married, both married and not really have any social life um at least i can speak that for myself uh but yes anyway my co-host uh mark pellerin mark what uh what's going on hello 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 everyone uh we are a little sorry that we took such a, a, a an extended break but it was uh more than necessary for both of us to kind of recharge our batteries and uh get some content uh thought about so um we needed to drain the batteries and then recharge the batteries yes yes which, so, uh, which speaking of batteries this is a little bit of a tangent okay uh so one night last week so as i've told mark uh we're putting in this new system at the store and it's had me uh grinding a lot in terms of the hours put in there but uh, i got home really late one night about like ten thirty or so from the shop and uh really all i wanted to do is eat and go to bed and um i get woken up at about one thirty in the morning or so by a loud beeping and it was my smoke detector battery that mm. was dying and mm. There was no way to like just pull it out and just deal with it in the morning because it mm. was like wired in because uh, it was the backup battery that was failing. So what I had to do was go out at about 2 a.m. because we don't have nine volts in the house and uh, drive to Wawa, uh, which is about 10 minutes from me, to find out that they don't have batteries. And then mm. I drove another 10 to 15 minutes to a quick check. Uh, to get nine volt batteries and drive home, which I'm very appreciative of the lady at Wawa rec recommending that I go to Quick Check because they're competitors of each other. Um, but she saved me, uh, which is not exactly what I wanted to be doing at 2 a.m. on a uh, on a Monday night. It was driving around trying to find nine volts. Interesting story, Craig. Uh, yes, very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it was uh, a good time for us to kind of recharge and, and get back onto a groove. So we're back, we're here, uh, we're back in your ears. So uh, you know, welcome, welcome back, everyone. Yeah, and today uh, we kind of wanted to dedicate the majority of the show to um, the upcoming, um, I guess, I don't know, what would you call it, our Super Bowl kind of thing type deal. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of them. I mean, maybe like the World Series because it's multiple. That's true. Since baseball started. That is true. Can't really relate uh, running to real sports though. But no, um, it's a it's one of our. It's almost like a running national holiday. It is. So we want to dedicate the majority of the show to uh, to talking about the Boston Marathon that is going to be coming up shortly here, um, in just over or just about one week, right? So. Yeah, seventeenth. Um, the seventeenth. And that's the day before tax day, so anybody running the marathon, make sure to get your taxes done beforehand. Um see? You didn't know you were gonna get a little bit of financial advice today, did you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um Mark, let's uh let's chat a little bit about the uh about the thon here. Mm -hmm. Um mm -hmm. 
you know, I am not going to be in it this year um, after doing it the last two years. A um, little bit upset about that, but also know that it's not the not going to be good for me. So, but uh, what, what is? I mean, I've been there to watch, mm-hmm. and it's fantastic to watch. But what is the actual allure to it? Like, why Boston over New York or Chicago or London? Like, what? Yeah actually about it is so very special um i mean i think for i think one of the main things about the race that adds to it uh or what what makes it so special is that basically the entire city is shut down because it's patriots day so Mm -hmm. everybody's off from work um, now that being said, obviously New York is on the weekend and things like that, but I think the whole town is aware and into it. Whereas mm. New York, it's just another day. It's just another so, it's an inconvenience. Thing. Exactly. You know, the people that are in the city, I really don't think care all that much. I mean, some people do, you know, it's an overgeneralization, mm-hmm. but, um, I think it's, you know, you have the Red Sox game that goes off early. Um, once the time the, the 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 game's over, everybody kind of funnels out from the game back onto the streets, and um, you know is in the cheering section and everything like that. And uh, I think that that is one of the biggest things, you know, let alone the qualifying component to it and stuff like that. I mean, obviously some of the other marathons do still have the qualifying components or lotteries and things like that, but I just think that it's one of those kind of like a, a badge of honor mm. almost mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to do it and um i just think that everybody's so into it man like when you get up there like we were at a diner uh this was two years ago and we were having breakfast like the day before the race and just like the locals like we weren't even in the city we were like you know a couple miles out and the locals were like oh you guys running tomorrow blah 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 and like just talking to us about it and um just everybody's aware of it and like you were saying with new york like it's not an inconvenience for these people in boston like i think they really look forward to it um yeah you know so it's it's definitely special man i mean the course itself obviously is challenging um you know but i don't know man like i used to think that like some of the other marathons i ran were um each one is special in their own way, but dude, like nothing compares. And like, this is coming from someone that's raced anything from, you know, high school and cross country track and field all the way up to, to marathons. And I've never had an experience, um, quite like the one, uh, two years ago in Boston this past year in 16, I didn't have a great race experience, but, um, I think you learn a lot more, sometimes when races go bad than when definitely than when races go off without a hitch so yeah yeah um i can't say enough about it i wish everybody could kind of have that type of experience um you know but it's definitely special it definitely is now let's talk a a little bit about the course uh last time we talked um we spoke about ryan hall's american marathon record yeah and how it's not a ratified certified american record because of the way the course is laid out right is that 
something that adds to it or detracts from the 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 overall environment uh, of i i think it adds to it to be honest with you because you start out um in you know out in hopkinton and like you know it's it's you're starting out at this high school you know what i mean like you're you're on the high school field you know, it's where they have all of the the athlete the athlete village and everything like that. And there's you know thousands of thousands of runners that are just all over the the, the fields, um, and it really feels like a small little like kind of country town almost a little bit. And then kind of as you work your way into the city, it starts to to become added you know like the first mm-hmm. like let's say like the first you know five or six are all in these little kind of it's almost like kind of like a country roadish you know it's like a, it's like mm-hmm. one lane each way um yeah the the down. opening road is so small it's weird it, you really wouldn't expect it to be like that um and then it kind of works from like seven to eight or so if i remember correctly it's a little bit more industrious and then you kind of go through more of like a a town type setting, like a downtownish type setting. Um, and then as you start to get closer towards Boston, you know, you obviously you know later Combat on in the race, yeah, yeah, like once you get past like twenty twenty one, once you get over heartbreak, then you really kind of start to to get into more of the city type atmosphere. Um, I th- yeah, so I think it kind of adds to it because you're getting all these different environments. You know, but there's people everywhere though too. Like that's the thing. It's yeah. not like one of these races where, um, you know, it's like desolate or anything like that. There's no, right, there like was a, never like a, a Philly, right? Yeah, I mean, there was never a stretch where I felt like I'm out here by myself and not, you know, not doing, you know, doing this by myself. Like there's people mm-hmm. the entire like 26 miles for the most part. It was crazy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, what are you, what, uh, what do you think about running in a race like that post tragedy? How did, did that have any additions to your emotions or, um, well, I was, uh, the first year I did it was the second year after. So that was 2013. When that happened, I believe, mm-hmm. right? And then 14. So the first year I did Boston was 15, and, and last year was 16. So I, I missed that immediate year afterwards. Um, but uh, a buddy of ours who worked at the shop with us, Pete, um, Pete Fo, he he's done it the last bunch of years. And uh, he went, you know, he was there the year of the bombing, and then he, he went back the year after. He's been there a number of times since. And, uh, I mean, I think the feeling and the vibe there was, you know, totally surreal uh, mm-hmm. for that year after. It's kind of scary when you're thinking, though, like when you're like, you know, when I was there the next year in 15 or, you know, two years after the, the, the yep, tragedy. 15, 15. Um, and you're running down Boylston when you're coming into the finishing area. And there's like, I mean, it's a main city street and there's, you know, f- probably five or six people deep on each side uh, of the road, you know, in terms of crowd. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's thousands of people along that road. And it when you're running, I mean, it's surreal. I mean, like, 
you know, the hairs on the back of your neck kind of stand up and people are just going ape shit and you're not even like winning it. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. you know, in, in there somewhere. But um, to think that like that happened like there, it's definitely scary to think about. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I could never imagine, you know, having been there during that. But um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It was wild. All that. I mean, that was nuts. Yeah, uh, Carly ran the year before and the year after the bombing, and the year before, in 2012, I believe it was very, very hot, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. And she went out on PR pace, and just it just backfired like we had talked about it doing. Right. And uh, so she didn't finish. Basically, long story short, we she was very dehydrated, so I never got to the finish line area. I was waiting for her beyond it, um, so we wanted redemption. So she requalified in thirteen, ran in fourteen, and it was definitely a very sombering kind of like on edge mm-hmm. situation. Like, hey, you know, this could have been us a year ago. This, you know, it, right. it was a very kind of like you're almost like on eggshells just wondering like hey is is something going to happen again is someone going to be as stupid as last year and and it it was definitely nerve-wracking yeah Um, i mean i think that that like that sentiment sentiment yeah can be kind of um felt and seen across all races now you know what i mean like you never you never thought that that was going to happen at a race right i mean like that wasn't that wasn't our sport you know what i mean like that wasn't going to happen to us but you know for someone to to kind of put your i don't know sense of safety in jeopardy i guess Mm -hmm. you know where when when you would normally just think that this is an event that nothing like that would would ever happen um and put that fear into people i think that that you know that is unfortunately the fallout of it um but yeah you said the weather i mean that that's one thing that i feel like uh is is tough with with boston because um weather in massachusetts in april can definitely be up or down and right yeah um I feel like that's similar with Chicago in that time of year in October. You know, you could get mm-hmm. snow or it could be 75. And, uh, right, right. You know, kind of similar to, to Boston. I mean, there's been some really, really hot years, which unfortunately last year was one of those. And I do not do well with the heat. And, uh, but then the year before, we had like a, a 10 mile an hour headwind or 12 mile an hour headwind, I think, the whole way. And it was kind of just gray and overcast and raining <sighs> at some points in the race. And, that suited me a little bit better, ironically enough, with a headwind. But um, mm. yeah, I don't know. I mean, both experiences. I I, I want to I want to get back there. Um, I don't know if my body will let me get back there, but I want to uh, to at some point be able to get back there and uh, and give it another crack. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, like, what do you think? What do you think it takes? Uh, uh, two questions. What do you think it takes to kind of get there again? Like, would you feel you had to PR at another race just to feel like you deserved 
racing at Boston again, or would you be like, hey, I'm going to run three or 259 or 256 or whatever it is just right. to qualify, right. use as little energy as possible, and then be like, all right, now I'm going to go for it in Boston. Like, do you feel like you have yeah. to go to the to the to the well to qualify, or you gonna would you go to the well in Boston? Yeah, um, I mean the opportunity. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting question. I guess I never really thought of it like that. Um, because I mean, if you've run fourteen or fifteen miles at six thirty pace, hell, right. you can run right, another right. ten yeah. Yeah. and qualify. Correct. Uh, so. Right. Yeah. I mean, standards not, the standards not set for you're you are well beyond well capable of sure of making it. So, right. yeah, I mean, I think I think it just depends on like and to to ensure that you're in like a decent corral. It's not to say like, oh, my God, I got to be like, you know, the, the front, you know, in the front two rows at the Boston marathon. Like, no, those, those elites are going to be in front of you anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's all relative, right? I mean, by the time you cross the line, that's when you're, you start, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I would still want to run something like decent to, to Mm -hmm. get in. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think that it's, I, I think for me, it's more of just like feeling healthy enough that I can get through it. And if I can do that, I think I can run fast. Uh, Regard, you know, if I can do it, right. Regardless can, of how fast or slow I'm going to go, it's it's going to, you know, hurt equally. Basically, yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> you know, but um, like you could put in, let's say, if you were able to train at seventy five percent of your maximum, you'd sure. still be able to qualify for Boston. Right, right, right. Yeah. Rather than going a hundred percent, risking injury, getting injured, getting sick, run down, then not being able to run Boston. Right. No, you're right. So if you're um, able to, if you're able to give seventy seventy five percent, still qualify, right, and then rest up, re- rejuvenate for good Boston. Would you consider doing that? Yeah, I probably would. You know, but it just depends on when and where and yeah, how I'm feeling. But uh, yeah, I don't know. That would really be kind of the I don't know. That would be great. You know what else you could do? <laughs> what? You could pay someone like Bobby Curtis. <laughs> I think it would be a little suspect when I run like two eleven when my name is two eleven next to it. Yeah, but you could, right? Other people are doing it these days, so Yeah, I don't I don't get the entire that entire thing. Uh you know, with the what do they even call it? It's not banditing. No, it's they they uh they do have actually they have names for it. Um, oh man, like it's it's like bib taxiing or something like that. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it's something like that. Um, when you give your bib to someone else for them to run the race for you. Yeah, I just don't get like how you. I don't know, like, how do you, like, live kind of with yourself? You know what I mean? Like, that's just weird to me. Like, obviously, there's some type of um, prestige or whatever, right? Right. In, in people's minds of, of qualifying for for Boston. And... Oh, like, Bib Mule. Bib Mule. <laughs> Interesting. 
I wasn't it's like a off. drug mule. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, to have someone else run under your name, like, then you're running, like, Boston? Like, I don't know, man. Like, that's just... It's just weird. I don't know. That's... I guess I got some four-letter words that I can't really... Can't yeah, really so... use, but... uh. So what are your, why do people do it? What's, I think it's the, I think it's just the, uh, I think it's just the culture and, um, culture of what being an asshole. Like, well, yeah, but also then people like, you know, they could tote around, Oh, I qualify for Boston, blah, 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 you know, and then they could post out on social media. That they qualify yeah. For but Boston. someone, there's so much stuff that goes into actually qualifying for like for me to run let's say 40 minutes for a 10k a lot has to go into it we could look at prior races we could look at race times there's there's freaking cameras all over the place now right like well i mean i guess timing math their hopes is that no one really checks you know what i mean but you know people do like there you read about the guy that now that's his like yeah, yeah, yeah. His nighttime job is to yeah. find marathon cheaters. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's so awesome. I don't like, have enough time of the day. <laughs> but that's what he loves doing. Like, you watch a Mets game. Instead of watching a Mets game, he does this. Dude, I know. But, yeah. I mean, it's very honorable. You know, it's cool that he's doing it. And I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that that's possible. But, um I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the motivation is. You know what I mean? Like people who make duplicate bib numbers. Right. And I just read this. They're, they they duplicated a bib number, mm-hmm. and then they ran together next That's to each other. That's just dumb. You know what I mean? That's just right. dumb. Like, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know. They ran next to each other. The, the photos of them both smiling, waving. Right, right, right. With, <laughs> with bib numbers next to each other. The same number. Same number. How do you think that that's gonna like? That that's gonna work. I mean, like, if you even if like you sell a bib, mm-hmm. which I don't, I don't understand that, but I guess you can sell a bib. Right. Well, if someone gets injured or, you know, things right, like but that. But you're not, you're not supposed to just take someone's bib. Correct. You're not supposed to. But if the race does not necessarily offer, like a a bib transfer feature or something like that, or a deferment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I can understand why why someone might, right? You know, s- but, so, sell their bib just to get their money back for a race that they're not going to run. Right. Okay. So say the person who bought the bib buys a counterfeit bib, then they look like an idiot. Sure. Or let's say that person who bought the bib then gets injured in the race, or worse, you know, heart attack or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. Now all of a sudden, like if you bought the bib. People are calling Malia being like, oh, did you right, hear right. Craig, Craig just died? Right. And she's like, well, what are you talking about? Craig's right, he, right he's here. He's sitting right next to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's <laughs> so many different bad things that can happen by sure. buying someone's bib. Oh, yeah. No. And that's why they tell you, I guess, not to post out like your, like your, a photo of your bib and stuff like that. Like when you get it, you know, because like people will go on like Facebook and whatever and, and print it yeah. out and use it but like i don't know man you got to be some sort of special to uh some sort of stupid i should say uh to to be printing out bib numbers and 
drug muling or whatever we're calling right. it before. Here's what um here's what Runner's World has said about um people who what they call skirt the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, they obtain a bib number who, from someone who legitimately qualified. Right. It's called bib swapping. Right. They they bib mule, which we talked about, is someone carrying your bib underneath their shirt or whatever. Right, which is nonsense. Right. You can cut the course. Right. And you can falsify your race results. I don't know how you would do that, but... I don't know. I mean, uh, I just, like, if, like, if... If you're having someone carry a bib number for you to get like qualifying time into a race, like you clearly don't belong in the race. You know what I mean? Like there's right. standards for a reason. Right. Yeah. And, and there's all the ones where like I've heard some, you know. Or go what, through a charity if you want to run so bad. Go through a charity. Right. What these people think are legitimate excuses, which like, okay, uh, I, I don't want to sound mean or rude, but like. You know, you qualified and then you got pregnant, or you qualified and then you got sick. So they feel Yo, don't like don't go barking up that pregnant tree, man. You will, you will not win that battle. No, with anybody. no, I know. But he, here's what. I, so people say that, like the, the excuses I've read. Well, I qualified in 14, I got pregnant, and then I couldn't race in 15. So right. I felt like it was okay that I, because I had already qualified, that I could then run in 16. Right. That's what people goes through people's heads. Right, but the rules don't say right. it that There's, way. You yeah. can't do that. Right, but right. this is what people think. Well, that's how they justify it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. And it's nuts. You, you you didn't qualify for that race. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I just I think that it's uh it's sad. You know what I mean? It is kind of sad, I guess. Yeah. I, the most recent one was like uh a New York food blogger or something like that. She cut the course, stopped her, obviously like when she jumped back on the course and she took a photo at the finish line, her GPS said like, Oh, I think I saw that. I don't think it was a marathon. I think it was a half marathon. And her GPS was like her photo of her watch was like in the photo that she took. And it said like something like different, right? Yeah. It said like, it it was supposed to be 13.1. Her watch said like 10.6 or something like that. Right, right, And then she went back and then biked the course. Yes. I, yeah. So that she had the (laughs) 13.1 on her GPS. But like, was it going to be much faster? So like, Oh, just just to prove a point that you ran a faster time than you actually did, like I don't know, I I I I, I mean, I hate to sound like old, but like I don't know, I kind of blame like social media for it, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I mean, isn't it like this pressure on on people or a, yeah, a yeah, self a self induced pressure, um, you know, from what they feel like is a social media following. I mean, if there's inundated, dude. I mean, have you gone on Instagram Explore page uh, and looked for no, just no. just in general? You never go on no. that, dude. It's what you, like, what do you just well, just to see what other people are? Yeah, like I, I guess what is it? Spiders out, like who you're connected with and what other people like and other oh. things like that, dude. Okay, mine is like infiltrated because I follow a lot of like running stores and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But mine is like infiltrated with like people posting it about like their runs or their races or anything like that. Like, and it's like a daily thing. It's not just like, oh, I had a race, yeah, yeah. a big time race. And like, this was my picture from it. It was like, so it's like a three mile run at 11 minute pace. Exactly. Which God bless you. That's cool. Like, that's fine. Like I'm all about people getting into shape and everything like that, but come, bu- come buy shoes at your, <laughs> well, whatever, regardless if you, if you live in freehold or the greater, you know, central Jersey area, yeah, you can definitely come to runner's high, but, uh, no, but, um, I think that that has something to do with it. You know what I mean? People see other people putting stuff out there and it's like, they have to belong or whatever. You know what I mean? Or they run envy. Right. I think that that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. So, um, let's quickly talk a little bit just about, uh, changing gears, just a hair. Uh, you, are you coaching a couple people for Boston, or what's the situation yep, like there? I have uh, one person. Okay, so what what changes? I mean, I guess with like say like getting ready for a ball. I mean, I I know this, but I want to pose it to you. Like, what mm-hmm. would what would change in the training um, specifically for Boston than any other marathon? Yeah, I mean, based on course or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I don't, well, Rob has been to Boston. Um, so he knows kind of what the course looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, he's coached people who's, who run Boston. Um, we haven't done anything that has been Boston specific. Right. Um, we've done a lot of, um, effort changes, which I feel is, um, valuable for a course like Boston. So we've done, you know, like, where you're switching from tempo to threshold back to tempo mm-hmm. um, to kind of simulate the hills and the effort that he'll need um, to cover at Boston. But we haven't done, I haven't said, you know, like, hey, I need you to run some really hard downhill 600s today. Like, mm-hmm. we haven't done any um, hill specific workouts, um, but we have done a lot of effort based workouts. Okay. Only, only because. I don't know where he's running on a day-to-day basis. I, I can't account for everything. You mm-hmm. know, if, if he and I were face-to-face and, you know, I knew exactly where he lived and we could, you know, map out like, hey, this elevation matches the elevation of Boston. Yeah, we, we probably would have done some of that. But mm-hmm. from, a, from a distance, I can't, I can't put in hill workouts for him because I don't know what his hills look like look like yeah yeah i mean one workout and for people that are close to new jersey or close to central jersey i guess i should say like um that i like really loved and was more specific to boston um the coach that i my coach that i worked with last year who was giving me a little bit of guidance um he would always do it when he was getting ready for boston and uh so you start off this is basically in your long run so you do 10 miles of relatively mm-hmm. flat surfaces mm-hmm. and then uh you end that 10 miles at Homedale park okay and you do two 5k courses at about um like tempo slash race not race but i mean i guess tempo threshold effort mm-hmm. so like for me that was about like you know, six minutes for the first mile, which is pretty hard at Homedale. 
and then yeah. the last like mile you're running closer to like 540 550 and you do that twice mm. you get out of the park and then on your way back so basically what we do is we start at thompson park which is a little bit of ways away mm-hmm. um then on the the back end so you finish that 10k so at that point you're at 16 in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then from 16 to 20 you try to get down to marathon pace so for me that was like 535 and uh it it's a hard 20 miler man but it definitely lets you know if you're ready or not and how soon prior or like when do you do how that far thing? out oh man uh i want to say i was about eight maybe six to eight weeks out i don't really recall off the top of my so, head so probably sometime in february yeah like late february ish right around there somewhere around there uh-huh. but okay. uh it's a ball buster man but i think oh. it kind of it simulates it simulates boston right i mean it's if you do mm. the first couple miles that are you know first 10 miles or so that are very flat then you're going right into the hills for you know six miles or five miles or so mm-hmm. and then you get back onto the flats you know and that's really what happens in boston you're using the six, right. first 16 you know 15 16 that are downhill up and down a little bit and then uh you know you got the next you know hills up until 22 or so and then uh you know then after that you're you're at home so it's all flat on the way down you just got to make sure you can survive the hills yeah and that's i mean if you can keep your legs fresh while you're going over the hills you you stand a chance but right and that's the big thing i mean it's super easy to go out (laughs) see we have a guest uh uh it's super easy to go out what do you know about the boston hills (laughs) Yeah, that's I'm, what you know. Not much. Yeah. What else do you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's super easy to go out really hard there, though. So I mean, that's, oh, the, that's yeah, the thing. I know, and that's what kills so many people is they go out just a little, they go out just a little bit too fast, right? And they don't, they they can't recover. It's it's not a mile race where you could like, you know, su- you, you you suffer and it's over, right? If well, I mean, that was go- like the first year I went, I didn't really know what to expect. And I'm going through the first mile and like what I think I should be at, like right around like 530, 535, right around mm-hmm. there. And I'm looking up and I'm in like 250th place. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? Like what? And it actually helped me because then basically the entire way I was just catching people and just rolling through groups. So it was actually, uh-huh. it helped me a lot. But um, I think I ended up like... 71st or so like 71st that, overall that was that my year. next question what what's your best finish at boston? well yeah last year was just an absolute train wreck uh yeah so your good year you were 71st overall yeah overall yeah yeah i think of, i was i mean it doesn't matter out of how many people that's ridiculous <laughs> yeah i was i was pretty happy with it i didn't really know kind of what to expect when you go into the marathon you don't really think about like place and stuff like that because you can't yeah. really control it but yeah. looking back on like the history and just like, kind of what times would, would get you like a sticking top 100 would be pretty good um or pretty much where i would kind of sit but mm-hmm. um yeah when i went out and i like looked up and i'm like 250 guys in front of me i'm like oh, okay like what the hell's going on um but at the end of the day it helps so but <laughs> all right dude well, let's get rolling looks like you got your hands full uh yeah all right so uh lucy do you want to tell them where our facebook page is 
Do you want to tell them it's at facebook.com slash outandbackpodcast? <laughs> really? You knew that? Uh, you can find me. Uh, best place to find me is on, on Twitter at twitter.com slash Mark Pellerin. And uh, Craig, where can they find you? Yeah, guys. So for all of our stuff, uh, you can find us at uh, anything uh, Runners High NJ. So on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, it's just at Runners High NJ. So thanks so much for listening, guys. Good luck to uh, all those that are making the trip up to uh, to Boston. And uh, we'll catch up with you all next week. Good luck, Rob. <laughs>